podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Hello and welcome to episode 337 of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Horing and as always I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. Matt Foster, hello everybody. And as not always, we are uh, we also have the pleasure of being joined by... Storm Jordan McGrath. Because <laughs> everything needs a storm at the front of it nowadays. <laughs> Stop fucking up my rail line, Jordan McGrath. Oh, tell me about it. Third well, weekend, third third weekend in a row we've had a storm. Yep. It's Storm Jorge this week, isn't it? Storm Jorge, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been damn named by the damn the Spanish storm. Spanish yeah. storms. Fair enough. We haven't uh, really. Was experienced. it was was it even a Spanish storm? Why was it called Jorge? I think the naming rights are kind of bandied around, aren't they? I think everybody, I think I read this because um, I wanted to know who, how their name stores, stores. Essentially, they have like a big list mm. uh, and basically people can, can send in names that they want to be used. Uh, and then they, they narrow it down at the start of every year into a name of male and a name of female. And then they just pick the next one like that. I think down. they alternate it, don't they? Yeah, they well, alternate. Girl, boy. Girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy. Girl ones are always worse. Hmm. I wonder if they can take like a thing from X Men and call it Storm Storm. Storm Storm. Uh, there's, there's certain Storm Squared. It, it has to be a name, and it has to have a. It has to fall in a certain level of parameters. Are you saying Storm's not an eight? Do you want to tell Halle Berry that? I'm telling you. I'm saying they wouldn't accept it now. Do you, do you want to tell Invisible Man actress Storm Reed that? Yeah, exactly. I that. do. Yeah. If somebody can arrange for us to go out for a drink, uh, I will happily say <laughs> your name's not real. You keep arguing with him. You, you want to go out for a drink with Storm Reed? Which one? She's quite young. She's, She's quite young, bud. She's a little girl. I I will tell a little girl in a bar that, that her she, name's not that real. Her name's not real. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's because of a bar. No, maybe a bar. Like a Starbucks or something. No, a bar. <laughs> I'm intrigued now. Who did you think she was? I don't know. I just went. I just thought I'd agree. She's she's sixteen. If the bar serves food, it won't look weird. She's the same time that horrible film we watched. Oh, oh! Well, I'd fucking tell her about that as well. I'd say my friend, my friend Ian, your little brother in that, he hates it. 
Bring him here and I want to punch him in the face and tell him it's for me. Oh, fucking Charles fucking Wallace, whatever the fucking Charles shit. Wallace, that's it, yeah. The fact that they it's just, the fact that they. Why do they say his whole name all the way through the film? I don't know. I don't fucking think. wrinkle in time. I t- like, how Ava DuVernay is getting work after that? Ava to what now? Ava DuVernay. Isn't it just Ava DuVernay? Oh! <laughs> I don't know. I might have added an extra fucking... Did you just did him on Honsu, Ava DuVernay? <laughs> oh, come on. There was like an extra syllable. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do... Yeah, a, okay, Ava DuVernay. All right. One day you're going to pronounce someone's name wrong and we're going to jump all over it. I don't do that because I look on Wikipedia and look for the little bit that you can play their name. I do that. I do that. Still getting fucking I do that as well, yeah. That makes you, like, double dumb. Yeah, it does. I'm, I'm, I'm very well aware of that. What, that you're double dumb? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Right. Uh, this week we're talking about. I'm just trying to remember my place. Right. So this uh, this week we are talking about Lee Wanell's uh, The Invisible Man. Um, we'll have probably some more kind of mini um, bits with Mark and I talking downhill, and Becky and I talking onwards. George, you didn't see either of those, did you? No. Okay. Uh, that's fine. And uh, we'll talk about some what we watched and trailers and whatnot as well. Uh, patrons um, just heard us talk about the director's cut of Dr. Sleep. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash film bastards, $2 a month. Um, Ian's Guide to Bondage uh, is ramping up as well. Uh, the License to Kill episode will be dropping, well, will have dropped by the time that you hear this. Um, going to be doing golden eye and tomorrow never dies this week being joined by uh andrew jones for tomorrow never dies um he said he's going to do his best cheryl quo impression which is uh, very worrying for me um because i'm very attracted to Cheryl crow's voice in the tomorrow never dies theme song um so uh we should say as well uh film bastards is a part of we are pod syndicate.com uh which is also home to jordan's podcast his film her movie uh, Jordan, what are you guys covering next? We've got a new episode coming out. It'll be Monday, the 2nd of March, where we're doing throwback kids' films. So, as I said, the format of the show is we have a theme or situation, both pick a film off the back of that to discuss. So I went with one of my favourite kids' films, was The Mighty Ducks. Nice. And Lauren, and Lauren went with hers, which is an American tale, Five All Goes West. Oh, oh nice. That's that amazing. Nice. Yeah. I'd have gone never-ending story, I have to say. That film traumatised the shit out of me. It's um, Donna's favourite film of all time. Um, You two should talk about that sometime. That'd be fun. Um, (laughs) And, uh, yeah, no, brilliant. So his film, her movie, that will be, again, it sounds like that podcast will be dropping um, before this does. So go get it. Um, Also, home to What's on Tap, Shintrigger vs. Punter. Um entertainment landfill um fucking hell what else um beyond the neon um and the bonus shows and the bonus shows the bonus shows including uh mark cheating on becky and i with noel on uh a mu- music podcast mark uh, I, I believe another one just dropped in there 
It did. Uh, the second episode of Tales from the Tape Deck um, dropped on t- today, so Sunday the 1st, uh, where Ian, uh, Ian uh, where Noel discusses uh, the band Cake. There will also be a episode of Full Cat Bus coming up. Yes. Yeah, do we know Do we know what film we're starting with yet, Dex? I don't know. What do you want to do? I'll oh, watch shit. All right, we'll bet. On air, admin. Yeah. Well, we'll take that offline. Fair enough. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't have to make the decision. It's all good. I mean, you can though. But I don't. Fucking hell. All right, I suppose well, I will it then. It makes sense to start with Totoro, wasn't it? Ah, uh, start with a bit of Totoro. Oh, all right then. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah, I suppose considering it's full cap. Yeah, all right, that's fine. Okay, okay cool. So full cap, the cat bus is coming. It's going to be for patrons. Um, and also uh, Pod Syndicate bonus show feed. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be getting a new playing it forward. Uh, Jordan is joining us for that, and we are going to be covering the American Friend, Hollow Man, which I'm very excited about. Hollow Man is amazing. I'm really, really looking forward to fucking watching Hollow Man. Um, You've seen it before, though, right? No, no, no. That's the thing. I've never seen it. It's the whole premise of the show, Rebecca. I'm not involved in it, am I? I'm not invited to join in this this, premise. I've literally invited you to join several times. (laughs) Um, Fucking cold in July. Uh, God, what am I missing? The Howling. The Howling, that was it. So um, that... It's going to be an incredibly entertaining show to record, I think, and I'm, I'm sure, it, well, I hope it will be to listen to as well. Um, so, yeah, there's an awful lot of stuff going on in things that's not this show, but let's start this show. Um, so, what has been happening in the world of film this week, apart from things getting potentially cancelled and stuff because of coronavirus? What's what's happening i'm fully expecting to start hearing about releases of films getting postponed pretty much any fucking day now with all this yeah well, you got you got to feel sorry for the mission impossible franchise don't you because the, the last one got delayed for however long because of tom cruise's injury and this one's getting delayed because of coronavirus Just it's like it's, it's like the world's work working against ethan hunt yeah mm. I mean, that is basically the environment that Ethan Hunt operates in, though, isn't it? Like, it, it feels right. I, I do find it amusing that Corona <laughs> have literally come out and gone, We our sales have literally dropped 38%. <laughs> And it honestly, we have nothing to do with the coronavirus. I feel like, the, I feel like Vin, Vin, we know you're listening. He should do like a little appeal for them. Well, we were talking about this the other day, weren't we? Yes, we were. Uh, our influence on the world. On, on the world, yeah. What was the news? I can't remember what it was. We we literally said that we'd watch a three-hour version of Doctor Sleep yes. if it could happen, then it happened. Yeah. <laughs> and the Tomb Raider 2 the thing. The Tomb Raider 2 thing, yeah. And the, yeah. the fact that the Ian literally named a Fast and Furious yeah, movie. Yeah, there is that, yeah. 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 You're listening, coronavirus, just wear a mask. It doesn't. They don't. They don't do anything. <laughs> the mask thing's bullshit. But it's just like flu. It's just flu. The mask still not do anything. Oh, all that you're doing is you're buying masks that are supposed to be bought by hospitals. But I'm worried about like the Euros more than film releases, to be fair. Ah, fuck those cunts. <laughs> you care more about the films than the football. The, 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 the national football, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
Oh, man, yeah, you've got to be getting fucking nervy about Liverpool potentially not being awarded the title, eh? It it literally is the most Liverpool thing of the past 30 years. (laughs) It has possibly not winning it because of a fucking virus when literally we had this many points ahead. It it is the reason why I keep saying when people go, oh, you got it now, I keep going, shut the fuck up and running to touch any wood that's near me. Um... Yeah, I don't know. If Man City get those points, I don't want that. I don't want that one. Oh, that's funny. Harvey Weinstein, that's news. That's new news. I think we talked about that last Monday. Give the program, Becky. Oh, did we? Sorry. I thought that happened this week. No, it happened last week. Yeah, it literally happened on Monday. Oh, fine. (laughs) Um. There was the, there was the um, the doings at the French Oscars. Oh yeah, the Césars. Yes. The the Polanski. Yes. They thing. They need like there does come a time where you do just think like is the French film industry just actually just taking the piss? I just think they don't give a fuck about sexual assault. It, it's something, isn't it? Hmm. I think they all, yeah, it, 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 it's an odd one. I, I will say, I'm not going to lie, the, the energy that, what's her name, um, Adele... Dazeem? No. Adele Dazeem. No, it wasn't her. Uh, Adele... Uh, Henale? Yes. Uh, the, the fucking, the, the sheer amount of fucking big dick energy that that woman had storming out of there and then storming through the la- lobby chanting bravo paedophiles um <laughs> i was watching it going i literally if i just happened to have been in that lobby then i'd have picked my coat up and folded and gone i don't know where we're going but i but I literally, <laughs> time. I literally think that she's right and she will murder anything in front of her approve it so i'm gonna go with her <laughs> they're stupid for getting it, was, it yeah they are but but let's not get into that but the fact that they won't <laughs> they won't agree to an extradition request from the u.s for him just clearly they're stupid it's a it's a whole thing <laughs> he, yeah he, i mean he censored censored a little girl yeah it is and then you look at the list of people that have defended for years it's yeah, amazing i don't get it i don't get it yeah she was 15 wasn't she 13 13 yeah and he... I mean, this is not this is censored, censored. <laughs> It's not allegedly, is it? Like, it's not. It's, it's, it's literally a matter of fact. It's just not actually being ratified through court because he fled the country the day before sentencing. Mm. It's disgusting. But yeah, other than that, I don't know what's happened. What else happened in film? It, it was strange. Oh, no, wait, wait. Uh, we'll get to that when we talk about uh, Downhill. Okay. We've got a strange one. Right, okay. It's a real um, little... I mean, there's been some very exciting trailer shit going on this week. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk let's talk trailers then, Bex. It seems like you're uh, you're you're keen to uh, to pop on that. So what are we chatting about? Well, I think mine should be the last one. Oh well, has have there been any other trailers this week? Uh, there's been the one with Tracy Ellis Ross for the high note. And there's been the one for Saint Maud. The, 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 the High Note is a film that I will, without question, either watch on my day off because I have a City World card if it's on before midday, 
Or if you're talking I will big happily... dick energy, Tracy Ellis, Tracy Ellis Ross has got some big dick energy going uh, on. Uh, or I will happily watch it on a Tuesday night on Netflix. Yeah. Saint Maud looks before weird. Before Christmas. Yeah. But I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Yeah. At least, at least it looks like A24 are kind of going. That midsummer shit was shit. Let's do something good. <laughs> um, it, it, it's all about Candyman this week, though, isn't it? Yes. Candyman is winning the Fallout Oscar for Best Trailer of the Year. Is it for you so far? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Fucking hell. Oh, you're into it, it that much, eh? That's great. Fucking uh, hell. It is like you, you're watching it. And you're like, is that I, is, is, I, we, is that we, that person? I, I literally paused it at the, at, at the point where um, Ruthie Jean turns up to Becky. It's not Ruthie Jean. It's Anne Marie. Uh, so it turns up and paused the Becky moment and it went, wait, is that? <laughs> I, went, I, went, I went, wait a minute. So he's what? Oh, fuck. <laughs> he's the baby. He's the baby. He was saved by Helen in the fire. And oh, my God. It, it just looks fucking magnificent. Yeah. I'm so fucking psyched for this film now. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it it's going to be interesting. I mean, like a like a, a female filmmaker, like making some pretty fucking gnarly shit like we're gonna get here i mean obviously you got like the soska sisters and whatnot but it's like th- this woman being given a chance to do this near the costa like i i don't think she's made any like anything like particularly big yet and the fact that she's been given this chance through kind of like the the influence of jordan peele it, it seems like is incredibly exciting um i really really hope the film is as like serious and just not funny as this trailer makes out it's gonna be um this trailer slaps uh, yeah i must it's one of those things though it's like i re i watched Candyman yesterday um and that film has i mean yes it's a great great horror film but that film has some stuff to say to to get off its chest these huge themes and huge ideas about like like race and class, but yeah, I, I just hope it looks like it's keeping that at its core, which is what is most um, important to me. Um, and, it, and obviously, when you've got Jordan Peele in there and he's dealt with those things before, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, um, they, they can they can uh, repeat it. But I kind of love the idea of the artist. And all the different pieces of art being influenced by the Candyman, and it, yeah, it looks quite interesting. I I was having a conversation about this film at, at work yesterday, and the people that I work with are not filmy people. Um, and you know, do you ever do you ever get into a conversation with people and feel like, oh shit, this has escalated beyond the point that it should have done? And then you know that 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 um meme of charlie day with his like whiteboard and you feel like you're like that that's what i Mm. felt like yesterday um but yeah it it just it just it's such a fucking good trailer and if it's if it's gonna continue it in the way that it looks like it's gonna continue it it i can't fucking wait yeah that's right yeah it's um I mean, Candyman is, is there's a strong possibility Candyman is, is in my top ten movies of all time. Yeah. Um, and we watch it quite frequently, don't we? Uh, so I was a little bit 
right, how I like the idea of where they're going with it. I like the fact that they they didn't they are doing straight up remake. Um and so I've read a little bit about the, the, the idea that they were going for looking at the gentrification of um, Caprini Green. Mm. Uh, and they were taking... Because the, the, the thing is, with Candyman, the original story is set in Liverpool. Yes, it uh, is. The, the, the Forbidden, um, the Clive Barker short yeah. story. Uh, and then it, it was transported to being to, to Caprini Green um, and... Green was a real place, um, but but it's, but it's used in Chicago as well, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we've we've had these uh, these race stories done. I mean, I think the most recent one was probably like Widows, like mm. th- that shot where you've where you're going from high end, sort of the rich of the rich, the one percent, to in one shot going to slums and the projects. It's it's a quite a good little switch of cities because Chicago's. I don't want to say famous, but infamous for its um, class system. Yeah, well, that, that's it. And you've you, you literally got the... It, it, it's a very split city, isn't it? It's, it's, it's two mm. halves. Um, and the idea of of sort of, of this film, of, of the, 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 the sequel, essentially, is that they're looking at the, the gentrification of places, these previous projects that they have gone, right, well, they're too close to the city, so what we're going to do is we're going to knock those down and build... Um, expensive condos, and then build the the new versions of these at the other side of the existing uh, projects. So just pushing it further and further out, and how that idea is then being reclaimed, which is exactly what happened to Caprini Green itself. So it, 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 there's a like you were saying there, Ian. It, you're, you're hoping that it it, it it takes from how smart the original was and keeps it going with with how smart this has the potential to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like, I kind of want a return, which I think Invisible Man, it, it kind of, it, it does, obviously we'll get to that, but of like big screen horror that isn't necessarily like nihilistic. I don't, you know, I I don't want the grudge, um, the, the new grudge, but. No one wants the new grudge. No, no one wants the new grudge, exactly. Um, even Nicholas Pesci doesn't want the new grudge, I bet. Um, and he directed the fucking, and wrote the fucking thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, at the same time, I don't like having to rely on comedy in in horror to kind of like get a broader audience. I'm, I'm glad that seems to be ebbing away a bit again now. You know, I, it, it would be good to get a gnarly candy man for the twenties. You know, I mean, that, that would be, that would be amazing. Um, and it, it like near the Costa is certainly saying all the right things in the cut in like the kind of the build up to this. Um, and I, I love that Jordan Peele's kind of getting out the way as well. I mean, a lot of people have been saying on Twitter, like, remember it's near the Costa's film. It's not Jordan Peele's film, you know, but at the same time, Jordan Peele's not exactly like saying, "Hey, look at me on this." You know what I mean? It's um, it, it's it. You know, they're they're saying Jordan Peele in the marketing because they're trying to market the film. Yeah, uh, it, 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 it's the it's the portgeist thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Absolutely, uh, but 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 look at like, looking like the the straight up horrors. Look at what we're going to talk about today. Like Invisible Man with the seven million budgets did what near fifty million worldwide in opening weekend. Mm. So hopefully, yeah, we can get a bit more 
serious horror and not just like the although to be honest us is yes it has laughs but i see that more serious than a comic like a comedic it's that, that uh, us has got pitch black comedy in it i think um but I, it, it, it's not necessarily trying to be funny I, I would say i think us is funnier than get out is but i don't think get out is trying to be funny um i think us is trying to have some dark comedy to it i mean like you look at is it tim heidecker who um in it um or is it yeah it is isn't it who plays yeah. um you know the the way his doppelganger acts in that film that can't not be for comedy I think you're right there, maybe. Yeah, it's quite true. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think there's there's more kind of like there is there is more of a comic comedic tinge. You've watched it more recently, haven't you? Yeah, us. Um, did you get that? Because I, I I think um, us uh, get out has, has elements of, of of almost comedy, but it's it's not it's not laugh comedy. It's oh, this is so stupid comedy. Looking for if it's trying to be a dark comedy as a as a horror, I found it quite disappointing. Mm. But I, I, think, I think I think I uh, think Get Out comedy comes from the situation. It comes exactly, from the yeah. awkwardness. It's yeah, not it's not it's not jokes. It's like oh that's cringe. Like obviously people laugh when Brad Whitford comes on and says I'll, I'll vote for Obama a third time, but that's not a joke. That's you laugh because it's um, quite squeamish. Yeah, yeah, no, spot on, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, Candyman. Uh, I've got a feeling Jordan will probably be back on to talk about it when it comes out, by the sounds of it, anyway. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, moving on. Uh... James! James! Yeah, what, what, what happened? What happened? What? I saw some things. It was right there. It was right there. There were footprints. I saw it. You, you saw, I you saw, saw it. footprints? I, yes, I saw in the sheets. I saw it right there. I saw them. I saw There's someone in here. There's someone in here. Sam, put that stupid thing on. You're, you're the one who bought it for me. Who you on spray? Who? James, I saw it. I swear. Hey. See, Adrian will haunt you if you let him. Don't let him. Lee Wanell's The Invisible Man, uh, starring uh, Elizabeth Moss, um, Oliver Jackson Cohen, I want to say, um, Storm Reed. Um, I should really fucking have the IMDb up when I'm doing this, shouldn't I? Jesus okay. Christ. Aldous, Aldous, Aldous Hodge, Harry, that was, that Harry was the one. Dyer and Michael Dorman. There you go. Thank you very much, sir. So, The Invisible Man. Um, it's not. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the opening, like, 10, 15 minutes or so, sees Elizabeth Moss um, basically escaping the clutches of Olivia... Uh, Olivia. Oliver... That would have been a turn-up for the books. Um, Oliver Jackson <laughs> Cohen. Um, and uh, he then appears to kill himself. Um, but then crazy shit starts happening around elizabeth moss um she begins to suspect that he is not dead um and everybody else around her wonders how just how far off the deep end she has gone 
Um, we shall start with our guest, George. What did you think of the Invisible Man? I mean, to be honest, I find it quite hilarious that Oliver Jackson Cohen even gets a, like a major credit in this because although he's on screen for barely any time at all, his presence, although it's not his presence, is like it really does suffocate the entire film. But what I like, I mean, I really did love um, The Visible Man, and I, I didn't really expect to. It it was on my radar, but I actually just thought it might have been quite silly. However, it it's not silly. It's rather important, and it's rather... What's the word I'm trying to think of? It's... For, for today, it's very much a, a modern landscape say hashtag me too movement everything because what this film does for domestic abuse and mental illness and the way it represents it i mean me and you text just after seeing the film ian and what i've always said is sci-fi is used best when it's used as an allegory and this is such a simple idea but used incredibly well and fair play to lee Wanell. I don't know if the guy's done anything before this, but damn, has he made an effective horror film. Uh, oh, mate, have you not seen Upgrade? Oh, sorry, no, I have seen Upgrade. Oh, I was yes, going to say, God, you were in for a treat if you hadn't. No, yeah, yeah I, have seen, I, I have seen Upgrade. But yeah, this is top-tier horror filmmaking. Like, genuinely, Elizabeth Moths is unreal in it but we all know she's great although maybe the people of this podcast don't because they don't watch too much tv but yeah she is the thing is i don't know why we released this film in february she could be getting oscar heat after this but i don't think so because the oscars are now in 11 months she is that good but yeah absolutely loved the invisible man i mean it has a few little issues as it goes on maybe in the the end of the second act but other than that i'm two thumbs up nice bex um i'd I'd agree it's very zeitgeisty it's very um of its moment and taken the invisible man story and and put it into a modern context which is it's very well done um the the fact that it's not he's actually made himself invisible he's made himself a tech suit that makes him look invisible and all that kind of stuff is it, it that's really kind of um it, it it works better in a believability context but yeah i think the that's secondary to the fact that it's dealing with um the abusive relationship and and the after effects of that and how she's made to look crazy i i don't necessarily agree with with regards to elizabeth moss i think her performance is very over the top at points um and less believable that it could be but then i've never i've never been in that situation so i i, I can't really comment but it just it felt a little bit like she'd been told, oh, try and keep it like you don't know whether she's going crazy or you don't know whether she's actually in this situation. And the, there's, there's triggers through the film that make you realise that it's not just her going crazy and that she it is actually real, um, that make her performance a little bit much 
to me. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Nice. nice. Mark? Yeah, I, it's an odd one for me in the sense that, I, for a start, I, I liked it. I, I think it's a, it's a really strong um, sci-fi and horror film, which I think is always, it's always great when you get both those meld together and it manages to be both a good, have good elements of sci-fi in there and great elements of horror and do them both quite equally as well um from that which i, I really quite liked I, you said there bex i think the idea of having it uh so he doesn't make himself invisible so that it, it's a text i thought was a brilliant idea because at one point i was thinking i was thinking you know is he literally just stood watching them and he's like invisible so he's just fucking free bagging it that's a bit it must feel a little bit odd you know that uh, but it's not, he's in a suit, so it's, it, it makes it a little bit the less The thing odd. that you mentioned before, though, like when we were talking about it yesterday, with the paint, that, there's, there's the, a lot of the, things the, There's that, a few yeah, bits yeah. That, that kind of did make me go a little bit like, that, that took me out of it a little bit, that I'll, 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 I'll get to there. Um, but I think, I, I'm thinking about, about it a lot, which is making me, uh, when I first started thinking about it, it was making me like it a little bit less, and the more I think about it, the more I start to like it a little bit more. Um, and so uh, it's, it's one that I, wo- I actually think I probably will go and see again um, because I have a lot of sort of questions in my head about it. Um, right, how did you watch the paint off? Well, the, the paint thing is, is, is the one thing that's really bothered me. Um, well, that's a really good scare. That bit where she throws paint on him and he's oh, right. It's, 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 it's a great scare. But, right, when, you, when, off, when, when you find out later on what the suit is and how all that works, yeah. he's not getting all of that pain out there's that lot, quick. There's a lot of nooks and crannies. Yeah. He's going to have needed to get in there. He's not going to have got it out that quick. It's just not. <laughs> you just should have come I'm... in and he'd have been stood there and then just see. little flicks of paint and he should have thought, what the shit is going on? Why is the little flecks of paint? And he's going, just fuck off a minute. As he's there with a the Q-tip, just Give me trying, a minute. just to just to squeeze it out <laughs> a little bit there. And paint's quite sticky, like no, even water-based paint. Water-based but paint. even that. So, but anyway. Um... But, but the, the, the thing, the thing about that scare for yeah. me though is not only is it a good scare because obviously there's the outline, it's the texture because we have no idea what that yeah, suit man. is, yeah. and it's just sort of like, oh, what the hell was that? Cause it's, yeah. it's sort of alien as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, and it, 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 is, it adds an, an extra layer of weirdness to it. Well, that, that's that's like a, a take-your-breath-away kind of scare, the fact that he's so close to her as well when she throws it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it's... I, I mean, the thing is, it, it's an over-two-hour movie, but it manages to feel like a 90-minute genre pick, mm. um, which I think is, is testament to... To Lee Wanell as as both a writer and as a as a director, you know he's he was originally the writing arm of uh, of of, of Wan and that was that that was how they did it, and then now he started making films himself in the past couple of years, um, and and really good, really interesting, really he's he's clearly got an idea of how to to, to direct that he's learned from there, and I also think that it, it's amazing that. Fucking two, you know, Australian. I think James. I think um, James Wan's actually Malaysian. I think originally, but two Australians that just fucking um, travelled to the US with a screenplay and a doll. 
you know, 20 years later nearly, have essentially have formed what is modern horror. I think yeah. is, is just incredible. Uh, and I, I, I don't think that those two guys get celebrated enough. They, you know, people, Lee Winnell and James Wan should be celebrated in the same pantheon as people like Argento and Romero, um, Carpenter, and these, like, you know, giants of, of, of horror cinema. Um, but yeah, Ian, sorry, I've talked enough. Ian, what, what did you think? Oh, I, I will say one last thing. Uh, I, I, I was very, very impressed with Aldous Hodge of the sheer amount of fucking muscle mass that man has. His decorative muscles. His purely decorative muscles, yes. Um, he's, he's getting beaten up. He doesn't use them. Doesn't use his muscles. But I was looking at going, there's a lot of muscles that I didn't know existed there. <laughs> there is a lot of muscles. He has four biceps at one point. <laughs> four! I counted them. Can I just ask before... before? I the side, Becky. <laughs> a side set. And there's like 14 different muscles on his like shoulder neck situation as well. Yeah. I, I just... Yeah. I mean, guy's buff. And he's beyond buff. Doesn't know how to use them, but... I mean, he can't use those muscles, no. But he's beyond buff. Um, just just before you go into your bit, Ian, did anyone else get like a super like sleeping with the enemy vibe off the f- early sequence? Oh, super! Oh, yeah, absolutely. No. Well, that's because you don't like Julie Roberts, so you've probably never seen it because you're. I've seen sleeping with the enemy actually. Yes. It just when I was watching it, I was like, oh, okay, and that's the scarier part for me. That's the scarier thread of the movie for me. Was that all about fifteen minutes? Is brilliant. Yeah, it's really good. Really well done that first bit. Anyway, sorry, Ian. No, no, I mean, I yeah, I agree. It's um, it's interesting that the situation just starts and, you know, you don't see him, like, throwing his dinner at her or anything like that, you know, or like, like any, any kind of abuse. It's just you take it as read that shit's got, gone down, that the, the level of security that she has to deal with in order just to get out and you get the idea very quickly that it's as much to keep her in as it is to keep anybody else out. Mm. Um, it's like, yeah, super well done. I mean, <clears throat> I will say I will, I'll be surprised if this isn't pretty high in my end of the year list. Um, the experience of watching this film, I, I found a hell of a thing. Um, I I haven't seen a film as suffocating in a long time. Um and I I I think that is down to Moss. Um but also just the just the fact that you you can absolutely 100% see like just un- empathize with her and her situation and the 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 twisting the knife that the invisible man does is incredibly effective there there were two moments where i audibly like shouted oh fuck um so which which two were they because i mean me saying that and i was i was thinking i wonder if that's the moment i wonder if that's the moment so where the girl gets slapped um and just like straight away the girl just being like you know why the fuck like why did you do that you know because 
and even though the fact that Elizabeth Moss is kind of nowhere near her, yeah, why why would the girl think anything else? She would just like she felt a slap. It must have been her, and like just the the strength of feeling I had for Moss's character's situation there, Cecilia, her s- situation there, just quite something. But then also the restaurant bit. Um, the that that, that that was the one where I thought yes this one for sure the other one I thought it would have been would have been the uh, the paint scene yeah I mean the paint the paint scene was fantastic um, but yeah it didn't quite just the, the 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 shock of that just wasn't quite the these other two moments and it's just the fact that they're setting up that scene and it just about feels like she's breaking through with her sister. And her sister's listening. And then that happens. And like the way the sister is just looking off to the side. And you like you're just thinking, like, what is she seeing? What is she seeing? And just the fact that it's still like just that knife right mm. next to Elizabeth Moss. Because I wasn't expecting that. Just in my mind for a few seconds, it's just like what like what is it what what are we going to see here like because i was assuming it was going to be like elizabeth moss's like i don't know her hair like be like like standing up i i don't know something happening to elizabeth moss didn't for one fucking second think oh shit like that's gonna happen and just the whole the fact that it happens so quickly it's just like seize the knife slash straight in elizabeth moss's hand it's fuck and just the fact that Elizabeth Moss is looking like that in that moment as well. But the thing is that if you describe it, it sounds so hawky. But when you watch it, it works. Yeah, it, it, perfectly. Like you say, it, it does. But then we watch it, it, it kind of it the, the snappiness of the way it happens so quickly. You kind of go, oh, 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 well, okay, yeah, yeah. And you Scooby Doo it. And you do Scooby Doo it, yeah. But I mean that, that that's the thing. So it, it it's just like the the kind of the suffocating walls closing in approach to to it in 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 those moments. I thought was fucking fantastic. And the way that it all turns in in the end. I mean I, I'll be honest. Like I was when when they were about to unmask him. I I did just think shit. That's the brother in there. You know, like it, it was, I, I, there, I, there was just a sense that okay, the brother hasn't been in it for a bit, and he's, he's in on it. What's going to happen? And then it's that. Well, it, uh, he, he says something to her. We'll be watching. Uh, no, he, he says something to her while he's in the suit, and, he, and, and I thought, well, that's not, that's the brother's voice. Mm. Mm. Um, but I mean, it's like the fact that there is absolutely no way during that dinner at the end that she would have time to go upstairs, unearth that suit, put on that suit, go back downstairs, activate that machine, get back upstairs, slit his throat, go back downstairs, deactivate that suit, and then hide it somewhere like really. I, I, I don't think I think she just takes the suit off, doesn't she? Yeah. You have and to puts deactivate it, back. it, I think. Nah, I should just take it off. But I that, yeah, I mean I I I I do get your point there, Bex. I mean, I maybe would argue that there there is probably a bit, a bit of a time lapse. In the end of the day, Oliver Jackson Cohen's character is obviously so in his head, like, I've got her exactly where I want her, she's trapped, that his guard is just completely down and he probably doesn't notice if she takes quite a long time. And yeah. also, 
just one thing that I just remembered as well. He own I'm fairly sure he only like outright kills women in the sequence where like in in the in the the hospital and kind of like the like the invisible kind of like shootout and whatnot. And no, he, he shoots some men. No, yeah, no, but I don't think he kills them though. Yeah, like, or maybe not. He, he, he does. <laughs> he kills. He kills a couple of the guys. Really? Okay. No, yeah. fair. I just all I remember one woman being shot in the head, and then there's one guy where he like points the gun at him and then says bang and then drops it. Yeah, and I, I just I, I, as he's walking away, he he shoots, he, he, shoots he shoots him in the back and then throws the gun on the floor. Oh, does it? Oh shit! All right. No, fair enough. I just I don't know. I just kind of thought that was. How do you feel about him, like, in that end sequence where he'd actually got a face, as a baddie? Who? Um, the Adrian guy. Huge jaw. Huge jaw, yeah. Huge jaw, small head. Like, I don't, I just don't get a baddie vibe off him. But I don't know when that, because I've watched The Haunting of Hill House, and he plays Luke Crane, and to me, he's like, this, like, puppy of a guy and whether he's actually done a good performance, then I'm just projecting. No, I, don't, I, I think I think it's intentional that he's supposed to seem like a, a creep, essentially. He doesn't seem like yeah. a creep. Oh, he does. Like oh, he, does. he seems like a yeah, massive creep, yeah. Like well, that's creep. It. well, then, yes, it is me projecting. Have you seen how big his jaw is in comparison to his head? <laughs> he couldn't... He couldn't... He couldn't come across more like a I've won dickhead. He just doesn't feel yeah. dangerous to me. No, see, oh, I, I find him super threatening. Yeah, <laughs> man, like... Sorry, George, go on. Yeah, super threat. Just his passiveness to it. Mm. And obviously, when he goes over and says, like, surprise, so she knows. Yeah, I, I found him really, really threatening. I found him a dick. Yeah, but, but I mean, just the whole kind of gaslighty nature of, of, of him. And I, just before that sequence, Aldous Hodge, like, telling her, it was it was the brother. I don't know what you're talking about. It was the brother. After all of this stuff that she's been through and kind of like getting him on side and he still reverts to, oh yeah, well, it wasn't actually him though, was it? But well, I, the evidence would suggest though, like for, to, to, in his defence, the guy it, who but, was... But I do get the feeling that Aldous Hodge a little bit believes her that he ha- he's got something to do with it. Just wants to get her out of prison. But he's very much like saying, "Don't you need to stop with that?" Because you sound like a mentor. Because we need to take this win now. Because I and he basically says, mm. "I know how this works. This is what I do." Mm. And, and and I think that it was that's why he goes along with the whole idea because he he does he knows I think he still thinks Adrian's a dick. But let's let's look at getting him after we get you out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's interesting. I didn't I didn't read it that way. I I, I read it as he's still not like fully believing her. Then I, don't, I don't think I don't think he'd set up with a wire to walk into the room. I yeah I, I off that scene I got the vibe that he believed her but he just wanted to get her out of prison. Yeah. Out of that. So that, that that's how I read it. I read it. The fact is yeah he believed he believes her story but. You you've got to, you've got to, yeah, you've, you've yeah. got to, what's, what's the word? You've got to um, spend your money to get your money back. <laughs> no, no, fair enough. Um, I I don't know. I kind of think my, my interpretation is more layered, but fine. Uh, um, so uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but then the, 
the you know the sequence at the end i just thought was a, a terrific fuck you and the way that moss is just saying to aldous hodge like you saw the camera you saw the camera footage just the way that she completely has it set up on her own terms and just pulls it off and then at the end like i i, I thought that was a really interesting image at the end as well um yeah i i i just i i think it's a hell of a film um it's got plenty to say but it's it is entertaining in the right ways um it's a very effective and affecting bit of work um and when you consider that what was going to be the invisible man was the johnny depp dark universe version um the fact that we got this instead is just a fucking treat i think it is but it's using your ingenuity as well it's like for example it's like use what money you have and the thing that's probably most threatening in this film is a locked off camera on a tripod pointing at an empty corner Mm. and that that effect and the um like the oppression that gives is palpable and and that's why i i mean i still i do love the film but i love the sequence when they're in the house and at night time he seems to be plaguing her because that is truly the when you're talking about like your domestic violence and your not your physical violence but your mental um abuse like the way that played was it played so well and i wish it played on that a little bit more because even though you know it's going to come and there's going to be an invisible man i would like to see that sequence because you get to see him lift the light, the knife up, or when he puts the um, cooker on a little bit, a little bit more. I, that it just showed its hand a little bit early. Like I would like to have seen maybe, is it true? Is it not? For uh, for a little bit longer. But yeah, the scene, yeah. the scene in the night where he's got his foot on the the duvet, God creep me the hell out. Yep. But it, yeah, it does very much. Yeah, you know, there's going to be a bit, an invisible man, like you say, but that first scene where she kind of encounters him and his breath puffs behind her, you know that she's not crazy from that point on. There's no kind of ambiguity there. It could have it could have played on that for a bit longer. It's just, to be honest, I just think it's more in this day and age. Could you imagine if the twist in this film was that it was all in her head the entire time and not what the fucking reaction to that would be. The, the thing is, that, that would have been fucking brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, what that would have had... I mean, don't get me wrong, I love this film and what it did because I love the sci-fi angle on it, but if mm. that was the twist, what that's saying about the themes that it's bringing up is incredible, but it's never going to happen. It would have been... Not right now. A, a really... Exactly. Yeah. Um. Sounds like we've wrapped up. Um. I am definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. But I can't say I'll ever watch it again. Definitely not shit, and I definitely will watch it again. <laughs> definitely not shit, and like Ian, I think it's probably up there for will be up there for films of the year. I really, really enjoyed it. There we go. Nice. Uh, so, audience poll. Oh yes. Yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah. Uh, well, definitely shit, hundred percent. Nice. <laughs> there we go. There we go. 
Um, so, uh, what shall we talk about now? Uh, I will actually, say... actually, actually, can I just bring it? I forgot to mention this. Was yeah, any of your um, screenings really, really loud? Yeah. Like that yeah. score, that yeah. pulsating, like brrr, it shook my seat, and it was like really, really off-putting in a very good way because it just amped up all the tension. I noticed more at the end. It, it, the the music was the outgoing music of the credits was uncomfortably loud. Yeah, I, I love that score. I can't say I noticed that. That's interesting. I did. Like there was these pulsating when things were about to happen. It was a big pulsating score. Um, I'll see if I oh no no I know what you mean. Just like that, I didn't notice it being too loud. It might have just been my screening, but it felt really loud, which was, I mean, what are you wanting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, um, George, by the way, mate, if if you need to get off at any point, just let us know. It's it's all good. I don't know whether you do or not, but um, what should we talk about now? Here we go. Focus. Uh, something wrong? Sorry, it's just your stance is uh, here. Chin up, elbows out, feet apart, back slightly arched. Okay, how's that feel? Great. Oh, one more thing. Barley. Okay, okay. Magnora, get you one. Don't let the magic spook you. Okay. Elbows. What? Elbows up. No, 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 it's too high. That's too high. I'm trying to focus here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Focus, focus on the can. Focus. Focus. Holy! Ah, forget it! It worked! The can is huge! And the band is huge! And you're... Oh, no. I, I tell you what, let's have a bit of a ding-dong. Um, Onward is directed by Dan Scanlon and um, has the vocal talents of Chris Pratt, Tom Holland, uh, Julia Louise uh, Dreyfus and others. Um, so this is set in a world, kind of like a fantasy world, where people have stopped using magic, um, people have kind of gotten lazy um but magic is still out there waiting to be discovered um tom holland and chris pratt play brothers who after a spell to bring back their uh deceased dad for uh 24 hours goes wrong they have to try and find a MacGuffin in order to uh enact the spell correctly and they basically have to almost like weekend at bernie's it with a pair of legs um to get the MacGuffin. Um, Bex, onward. Well, I, th- I don't want to get into an argument with you about onward. We're not we're, we're not going to have a ding-dong. But I, I, I think I got more out of it than you did. I, I am not a big fan of Pixar. The Pixar films that I like tend to be the ones that have got a bit less of the toy, toy merchandising hey, look at this, isn't it funny? And a bit more of the, here is an emotional thing that's going to kill you for a few years. So I like Coco and I enjoyed this. I, I, I get um, there's, there's bits in there that are meant to be funny, but I think the, 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 the 
spheres in which this works are when it's emotional, like when, um, like like the bits where he realizes that the dad that he's always been looking for is the brother that's been there in front of him the whole time, and I, I don't know, it just it just it got it got me this one i i was quite emotional when i came out of this film to be honest <laughs> um but i get that it's not it, when i looked at the obviously the, the the rating for this is a is a u um and it's mild bad language but universally um what's the word suitable um it's not really like if you're taking young kids to see this that don't have an awful awfully firm grasp on mortality the concept of their parents dying is it's going to be uncomfortable and i don't necessarily think it's a universally suitable movie i think it's a really fair point yeah it's it it deals quite heavily with with the concept of death Mm. and I, I, I just don't think that that most kids are going to kind of look at that and go, yeah, this was a fun time. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would agree. I mean, obviously, I took lots to um, to see this, and she was fucking fuming at the end mm. um, because like she couldn't understand that you know the brother was basically like his father figure, and yeah. so when and like. I, Jord, I I don't know if you have any interest in watching Onward, but we're probably spoiling uh, the no, podcast. No, 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 no. Okay, at all. fine. Okay, so um, at the end where Tom Holland basically kind of sacrifices his seeing the dad, um, lots just couldn't understand that. She was like, "That that that's his dad. Like, doesn't he want to see his dad?" And it was like, "Well, yes, he does, but he realizes that it's more important for his brother to see his dad because he's kind of had a dad." that he never got to say yeah yeah no exactly you know and it, it's yeah i mean i, I this probably should have been a pg yeah i think the bbfc kind of fucked up yeah um it's it is thematically challenging um mm. but it, the thing is i think what what maybe got it the you was the fact that it's thematically challenging but it like at the base level it's a funny pair of legs walking around you know so it, it's like it's wrapped up in comedy um i i just i found it very average um the the emotional beats at the end i mean the concept yeah conceptually that does sound like your classic pixar get the waterworks going um and you know i i I certainly i think it's better than scanlon's last pixar effort monsters university i think it's better than finding dory i think it's better than the cars films but next to the real like titans of pixar i th- i think it's a palpable step below um it's not as tight as a lot of pixar's films are um the i disagree though in the sense that the emotional beats don't feel rammed in they feel natural to me i i mean i i, I yeah i mean i i, I suppose it, it's the journey there's an awful lot of stuff going on in this film. Like the, you've got the the mum's boyfriend character who, you know, is in it a, a fair bit, and it's like maybe cut him out. 
I, I I mean, it's interesting that you have the mum obviously moved on with with a boyfriend. Then he kind of slightly turns into an antagonist, but not really. Um, the 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 Manticore and the mum chasing after them. That plot just stops after a while. Um, like literally, I think there's like a scene in a car where they're talking about the curse or something. And then I honestly don't think you see them again until the final action sequence. There's just, there's sloppiness in the construction of the film where it's about like an hour, 45 minutes long. And it's just like, make it 90 minutes and this will be an awful lot better. Um, I don't know, because I think the emotional development between the brothers is the crux of the movie. But if yeah, you, that's if you it. Cut but, that, that's most of what would be cut. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying cut that, though. I'm saying, like, we. I don't think we need the manticore and the mum. I don't think we need the um, centaur-like character, or at least as much of them. Um, it, it, and that's meant I've not seen it. <laughs> but the, the the thing is like when you take it down to brass tacks it's a family that's lost a father there's this new father figure that neither of the children accept that and then then you know all this shit kicks off and they all have to address their family stuff like they accept him in the end and yeah it's kind of it's kind of crap with the the centaur guy and he doesn't really seem to fit in but then at the end when they kind of accept him it's like they're, they're, they've all allowed themselves to move on but again i mean like they they don't i don't think they really have a moment with him it's just at the end of the film he's there and they think he's all right but he hasn't really done anything in the narrative if anything he's tried to impede their progress um in order for that in order for that to work i i'm not i'm not for one second saying that this is a bad film um i i i but i was disappointed it's and, and more given the fact that it's pixar and i i have much more of an affinity with pixar than than yourself and mark uh more that because i mean i don't think the marketing's been that great either um and the comedy of it is just very oh, what about this thing but in a fantasy setting? Ah, I, 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 I didn't vibe with that all, all that much. I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm glad it worked on you, and I know it is working on a fair few other people. I will say I'm glad that it does also seem like there's another set of people who did think meh about it, and I'm, I'm, like, I'm glad I'm not just taking crazy pills, I suppose. Um but yeah, I just I I thought it was quite sloppily put together. wasn't really that funny. The emotional stuff at the end does work well on a pure human level, and I do think that the the scenes between the brothers where they're having the more emotional moments I think do work really well. Um, there's just if if it was a more focused hour and a half, I think it would be a palpably better film. I think. The, the issue they've, 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 they're coming across here is like in the same way with Coco to be fair but to a, to Coco to a lesser extent is they've tried to make quite thematically an adult movie work for kids yeah. and it hasn't so much um, I 
think they've tried to put in funny bits without going for an overall funny movie. Um, but because they've tried to put in those funny bits, it's maybe got misconstrued. I, th- I think there's a lot of there's a lot of kids out there that it will talk to that are that are sort of maybe in that situation or a, a variation of that situation that it might you know it, it might mean something to and I, th- I think with the toy story movies they they always feel quite shallow to me the emotional beats always feel a little bit forced and with this it felt the sad moments felt earned for me. No, fair, no, fair enough. Uh, no, absolutely fair enough. Um, the, I, I do not think the problems with this film are to do with the, the, the central relationship and the central dynamic. It's the things around it. What's the Pixar one I've got out this year? A uh, soul. Which almost looks kind of like Inside Out, but about jazz or something. Yeah. Do you know what I love about Onward? What? They're not trying to sell fucking toys off this movie. Oh, are you sure about that? It doesn't feel like they're just making a film to, to sell toys. Like, I, like I, Toy Story I feels like. I literally think that with every single Pixar movie. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that's all they're going for. It feels like they're trying to do something more. To be fair, I haven't watched... I can't even remember the last Pixar movie I watched. Inside oh, Out, maybe. You'd love Coco. I think you'd really like Coco. Oh, mate. Coco fucking destroyed me. Yeah, Coco is incredible. I when they sacrificed the fucking van. No, I mean... Well, well, what, Coco, what Coco's about in, like... Oh, it's... It should, it's it's one of those things you talk about universe. It shouldn't be for kids. <laughs> no, no, and I think that that's what this is like. It's like it's like a, a, a continuation of the Coco theme to me. It's like you know, anime studios don't make just kids for film films for kids, and Coco and Onward are not for kids. Little kids. It's just a, a lot of the dressing of this film, I think, mm. is is for little kids. But I get, I I 100% get what you mean. I I certainly don't think it will be one of Disney's best-selling toy ranges. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Um. Although I would quite like a rabid unicorn. Oh, yeah, they. Uh, to be fair, they were pretty solid. <laughs> um, just the, the fact that it was like unicorns just like eating trash and just eating generally garbage. being feral and dickheads like that's that's a good idea yeah um so i mean but i mean i'm definitely not shit i will say the simpsons short at the start not great that was fucking creepy like, yeah like what the fuck was that yeah um basically just like maggie simpson falling in love with for some boy in the park yeah, like really fucking weird, and just a Simpsons short in front of a Pixar film. It just there's something not right about that. No. Like I mean, like you with a lot of the Pixar short films that you, you've had in the past, it's like a chance for like their budding young animators to come in and like show what they can do and like show what stories they can tell. And then you've got this wordless Simpson short, which I think had seven writing credits on it. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. Did not like that. 
I think it's there to kind of make the kids in the audience quiet down and get ready for the film, but I it just it just, it was weird. Yeah, it was yeah. Weird. No, I, I, but I, you're obviously definitely not shit on onward. I I really liked onward, like it, for 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 reasons like whether it's just that I enjoyed the film or whether it's just because it spoke to me on a personal level for other reasons. It 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 got me. Like it, I was emotional for quite a significant point portion of that movie um and I really really enjoyed it and it's it's quite nice for me because I I don't traditionally like Pixar movies but I've really liked Coco and I've really liked this and maybe the non-sequel non-franchisey crap that they put out I can I can enjoy and it's quite nice for me to kind of go Kind of almost make your peace with Pixar. Make my peace with Pixar, yeah. It's, it, do you know what? It feels deeper than a lot of them to me. Yeah, fair play. Um, I, I, I think you should. Did you haven't seen Toy Story before, have you? No. Yeah, just that that film has got some things to say, and I I don't think it hundred percent works. But as I said last week on rewatch. I liked it more than the first time round. And I'm a year ago now it's on on Sky Movies. Is, yeah, I mean, yes. Is Groomer Andy in it? Sorry. Is Groomer Andy in it? Group, group, group. What? You know Andy the Groomer. Andy the Groomer. Oh, and right, okay, Andy Groomer Andy. Um, no, not really. I mean, like he's maybe like in some flashbacky stuff, but that's about it. He's in jail. <laughs> I might, I might give it a go, but I just, I don't know. There's, there's no. From watching the first three, there's no emotional depth there for me with those movies. But they get lost and separated, Becky. No, it's, it's like Spielbergian, though, isn't it? It's just, it's just wrenching on your heartstrings for the sake of it. It's, I, I, I think it's going for more than that, though. It's mm. finding your place when, what, yeah, the, the thing that you think you're there for doesn't really want you there anymore um it's for me i what i got away from toy story 4 is it was if you watch that as a person just about to retire then that would kick you right in the nuts i mean it would it it, it, you could watch it at different sort of levels you can watch it when letting kids go when you're a parent you can let's see it as as I say, when you're being retired, and f- it's trying to find your usefulness again once you aren't needed. I mean, I, as you've just said, Ian, but yeah, I really enjoyed Toy Story 4. I thought it was one of, I think, to be honest, it's Toy Story 3, I think, is by far the best, but I think that's yeah. just underneath for me. I, I, I don't actually think it's better than two. Yeah, I I might agree with you on that actually. I th- I think it probably is better than two. Um, but what are you saying there, Jordan? Is wait wait fifty years until I'm just about to attack, retire at like let's say ninety, given the fact that <laughs> the way things are going, and then watch it. Look, Keanu Reeves plays a plays a stunt bike driver called Duke <laughs> Kaboom. Come on, it's fun. I mean, I'm on board with that. Um, I just so. I just like the fact that Onward seems like it's got more to say it, let's like, watch Toy Story 4 and say like, oh, let's, let's, oh. I, <laughs> seriously yeah I, 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 no, I, I, I think that would be a good, like a good exercise though Bex now you know like 
watch, watching Toy Story 4 and just kind of like comparing and contrasting that, like, I, I think it would be an interesting discussion is all. Okay. All right, Dale. Okay, cool. Right. George, uh, let's, let's talk about what you've been watching this week, sir. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I say I watched Candyman. Uh, I say probably same a piece when we were talking about the trailer, but I haven't watched that film for years, and I remember watching it as a child and just being scared by it, and that being the predominant sort of outtake, getting from it, getting the, the horror elements, but watching it now and seeing really what it does have to say um, regarding, like, the... It sounds bad, but... Like America's fear of the black man, mm. it, it is so so potent, and also I, I keep you, you forget all these elements, but like talking about how uh, Virginia Madsen's apartment was built for well, basically the exact same as the project's apartment, but just because of where the sort of society was, how much hers is worth, and the way it was treated towards um, Cabrini Green, it is. There's so many levels to that movie that I I really didn't realise it when you watch it as a younger younger person and so say hopefully the new one will do even more. Um, the other one I watched was oh, um I'm trying to think is it Barry Shearer's Shearer's Across 110th Street, which um to be honest all I knew about this film is the song, uh, which was used obviously in the opening of Jackie Brown. Um, but it's a decent crime thriller. Again, it's, you're dealing with uh, some race issues where you've got th- three sort of guys who do over the mob and the police, and you've got two detectives. You've got one who is this old, about to retire, being forced to retire detective um, with Anthony Quinn, who is brilliant in the film. And you've got Yafik, Yafik Koto, who... Is a new sort of very very clean nosed um, detective trying to hunt them all down, and yeah, it's one of those where you're talking about police brutality. And I mean, Anthony Quinn's character is an absolute dick throughout the entire film. Um, but yeah, it it's enjoyable. It's not it's not a classic. I, I wouldn't say you can see its influences here and there, but it, it's it's a three out of five for me. Well. And the other one I watched was, I'm trying to think if I remember it now, um, Brute Force, 1947's Brute Force, there in Burt Lancaster, which is a nice little prison um, drama, um, trying to get escape. Some, it follows the formula of many prison escape movies, but Burt Lancaster's charisma just bleeds through on screen throughout this entire film. And the guy is probably my favourite actor, so I could watch him um, read the phone book. Other than that, I mean, the other films that I've watched recently that I've enjoyed, um, The Man from Uncle, I, I've sort of been spouting about this for the last few week or so. Just I didn't realise that film was going to be as good as it was. Um, the score is phenomenal. The style is it's exquisite. And Alicia Vikander can wear the hell out of a mod dress. She could wear the hell out of me. <laughs> Very true. Um, is there anything else? So we watch the films for the podcast, so we've, 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 that's basically my entire film watching uh, over, over the last few weeks. Uh, what other things have I watched? Maverick. I watched Maverick. Okay. <laughs> Maverick is a great movie. Richard Donner's Maverick. 
again, haven't watched this in at least 15 years. And I do believe that this film, if you put Paul Newman in the lead role and release it 20 years previously, it will be seen as a classic because Mel Gibson is absolutely just, is a reincarnation of Paul Newman in that movie. It's, it's, it's a reincarnation of Butch from Butch of the Sundance. And it's very much got that vibe. And it feels like the sets are wonderful. The score's great. Mel Gibson, although, yes, he is an ass, I miss the hell out of, out of him on my screen because it, that, he has so much presence. And he, he nobody can sort of just deliver a really good one-liner like him. Um, the script is so smart, um, so intelligent. It goes a little bit too far with its um, reveals, but I can't see myself waiting another few years before watching Maverick again. It is such an entertaining movie that if you haven't watched it or you're not watching it because of Mel Gibson, I'd say give it a try. And Jodie Foster is wonderful in it as well. I, I watched Maverick three times in the cinema. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one hell of a movie. I, I three times? Okay. Yeah, let's see. Three, yeah, it came out um, in the middle of sort of summer. I think it was during, I think, like the spring holidays, something like that. Um, and so I, I literally had not a lot else to fucking do. So, yeah, like, there wasn't that much that I could go and see. So I would literally just go and see whatever was playing. It, that... On my own, yeah. But it's the same reason why I saw Wayne's World seven times at the cinema. Mm. <laughs> I, I also rewatched Knives Out as well. And even though I enjoyed that film on first viewing, you appreciate just how smart that script is watching it on a, sec- a second time around. You spot so much, um, not only with the script, but also with um, the set design as well. It is exquisite. Yeah, it's not Knives Out slaps. Slaps, yes. That, that, that's, okay. it, that's it basically for me, yeah. Ah, oh, very good, very good. Okie dokie. Have you ever wondered what so called family films will scar your kids forever? Put, putting four and five year olds in front of this movie, it's like if they didn't know what death was before all this, they're gonna know it after it. They're gonna know it after it and they're gonna be freaking terrified. And they're gonna be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got like all the orphans and like, oh no, we're gonna die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every Friday night on the show, you better know they keep it tight. ETL is back and the J-Strom's in the zone. Introduce the co-host, he doesn't do it alone. PCZ is about to hold court. You know he's on the headset, you can hear him snort. Pop culture movies, TV shows and games. Rotten Tomatoes reviews news and Blu-rays. 
Foggy don't play around, he will bust a drop fast. Welcome to the Entertainment Landfill Podcast, the Jason and Steven Show. It's the Jason and Steven Show. What? The Jason and Steven Show. It's the Jason and Steven Show. Here's the point. What's your point? Warning or no warning, mm-hmm. seen it or not, we would just like some acknowledgement that it was handled poorly. It was handled perfectly. No, it was not. Yes, it was. No, you cannot tell me that that was the way it was supposed to go. Yes, exactly like that. No! Snow went all over the plates. Snow went all over the plates. Here's what I think you're not picking up on. This was a huge event for our family, okay? And, sir, I don't want to make this a legal matter between Mm. us. I don't. No, I don't want to. What I'm saying is what I don't want. We're not in America where you sue because your coffee is hot, madam. Screw you. I'm an attorney. Okay. You've heard our complaint? Yeah, well, someone needs to hear it. (laughs) Thank you for your time. And no thank you for your time from me. (laughs) That is for certain. I got it, okay? Okay. So, uh, Mark, should we talk some downhill? Yeah, let's do that. So, this is directed by Jim Rash and Nat Faxon. Yep. And stars Will Ferrell, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus again. Um, the uh, ginger guy from Game of Thrones, uh, Zach Woods and others. So this is a remake of Force Majeure, a film I have not seen. Um, and that may affect my opinion of this film, uh, I should say. Um, so it's a family um, at a um, ski resort um things that seem to be okay with them um but then uh there is a controlled avalanche uh which the family think is a real avalanche uh will ferrell's character grabs his phone and runs while julia louis dreyfus and the kids stay huddled up together and that creates problems with the family uh mark what do you think i mean i was i was very much looking forward to this because i, I like um, I, I like Will Ferrell when he's doing zany comedy. Uh, I like Will Ferrell when he's doing more serious. And this felt like it was a a, a kind of serious comedy. Um, so you have like little inflections of, of, of Ferrellness, but mixed in with something sort of like a little bit more meaning to it. Um, and it's always nice seeing Julie Dreyfus in anything because she's great. Um, and it has skiing in it. And I love skiing movies. I do love a skiing movie. I have no inclination ever to go skiing myself. I mean, that would be mental. Um, Literally, if I want to break my ankle, I'll just fucking break my ankle. I can push you down the stairs. Push you down the stairs, yeah. It's the same reason I walk by a trampoline. (laughs) If I want to break my arm, I'll break my arm. A trampoline. A trampoline, yeah. So I was was really looking forward to this. And I'll be honest, I, I was a little bit... I liked it, but I was a little bit disappointed. I found it quite meandering mm. um, throughout it. 
And I found that, the, the, for instance, the uh, Miranda Otto character felt like she was from a different movie, but I really enjoyed her energy that she brought to it. Mm. But it was it was like going, you're from a different Will Ferrell movie. You're from you're from you're from the downhill where Amy Poehler plays his wife. That's the that's the one you're from. Mm. Uh, and yeah, it, it just it, I don't know. It, it was I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed spending time with it, but I just. But I think it was more because I enjoyed spending time with Will Ferrell and Drew Dreyfus, and I wanted to see what was go- what was gonna happen as it went along. But then some of the bits that happened, I kind of went, ah, I thought more was gonna happen there. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see what you thought, Ian. Um, yeah, I mean to be honest, I think I'm kind of pretty much on the on the set on on the same path here. Um, I think if I had seen Force Majeure before seeing this. I would have liked this a lot less. Um, that film is over two hours long, and I, I get the feeling that it's probably a slower burn. Mm. Um, what? Can I, I didn't, I yeah, mean, I please, seen, please, please. I have seen Force Majeure. Yeah. Uh, Ruben Oslund movie, and I do like Ruben Oslund. And when I heard about Downhill being made, I honestly didn't understand how you could because force majeure yes it does have some dark humor in it but it is very much played straight like the idea of um the father running away leaving his family that's trait with like utmost seriousness and they dissect it and dissect that family dissect them the, the the man's um reaction to everything and it was probably my favorite film of that year it is so so good so when i found out they were making a will ferrell comedy of it it baffled my mind yeah and it's um because i mean it's barely it's i think it's 90 minutes long um it and yet like mark said it is kind of meandering it's 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 an odd experience um the 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 comedy in it is definitely more the awkward interaction kind of comedy apart from Miranda Otto who yes is base she wouldn't be out of place in Anchorman yeah um like she, she wouldn't at all no um I can I, get yeah. a dick <laughs> I mean yeah I mean that was yeah I, I, I bet she's she's funny you know yeah. she she is like it just it's it doesn't feel like the the place um and, I mean, th- 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 there are scenes that work. That I can get a dick. No, it really doesn't. It, 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 it's so she's so oddly placed in this movie, but it's also at points possibly the best thing in it. Okay. Yeah, she's basically kind of like stereotypical European, like kind of free love, like ski woman, basically. Yeah. And all the other characters in this film feel real. Yeah. Right. So so it's odd. But I mean Julia Louise Dreyfus is very, very good in it. The the scene where like she's kind of just basically laying it all out on the table when Zach Woods and um and his his girlfriend are there. Um and she she's just like breaking down. It's a really, really good scene that Yeah, it, um, it, it, it is, yeah. It, it, it's it, it's sort of like the stand up moment within the movie, but then it doesn't go anywhere after that, really. 
No, no. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's weird. Like the second half of the film is almost more focused on Will Ferrell because um, yeah. you, you've got the that you've got the sequence with her and the ski instructor. And mm. I, I, I did. I did like how that was played just like heavily like heavy petting and then she just stops and controls herself and just like i could fuck you into that next room but i'm not going to that's not me like i just i i i liked that kind of like that honesty but then there's a good 20 25 minutes where it's kind of will ferrell and zach woods Mm. like going around doing stuff and it, yeah, it's just literally at one point he becomes for a, for about 30 seconds he becomes frank the tank yes yeah yeah and it, it, it just odd um yeah it I, it just it feels like a film that was trying to hit you know with like blockbuster films where it's like they set the date and then they just have to make it work to get to that date it was almost like this has to premiere at Sundance and then we can do nothing to the film afterwards because it must release. And then you've got this and it, 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 it does feel like weirdly, if you maybe added 20 minutes and fleshed it out a bit more, it maybe wouldn't feel as meandering as it does because it feels like it'd be building to something. No, um, I, I, absolutely. Yeah. It does. There's, is it? I said it, there's a, there's so much that goes on that you just feel like doesn't not even doesn't go anywhere, but doesn't he's never developed to go anywhere. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a really odd experience. Is downhill. Like I maybe laughed out loud once, um, but at the same time, I I didn't hate it. But I could I just I imagine if you really like George, don't watch Downhill. Yeah. I've got a feeling it would probably <laughs> just really piss you off. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. Yeah. Don't. If you if you, you know, if you like Force Majora that much, you're not going to like this. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, the ski footage is nice. There's quite a lot of it as well. There's a lot of ski footage. Yeah, there, there is. And I, I, at one point I was thinking. I mean, maybe I could try skiing. And then I thought, nah. <laughs> nah. I'm in agreement with that, that kid who, go, who literally says, I hate skiing. It's shit. I don't like it. You're cold constantly. You're always wet. You've got to take up all these layers to what is it. And, but then there's the weird bit where um, she falls out of a bathroom jerking off in a public bathroom. I quite like that bit, though. I like that. It was quite nice. The, the, the fact that she smirks about it is quite nice. Yeah, I mean... Really strafers. But, it, it, but it, it sounds more cringy and more no, zany no. than it is, but it actually it actually makes sense in the what is it. Yeah, she, she has a very sexually charged encounter with a ski instructor, but doesn't do anything yep. about it. And then has to do something about it. Yeah. But it, it, but there's moments like that that are, that are quite fun. They're not funny, but they're fun moments within it. And then the the um, the security guy when they're saying about you know why was there any warnings and he lists all the warnings. Yeah, but then it continues within that of her saying, well, I don't think it was executed very well, and he goes, no, it was executed perfectly. Well, I don't agree with you. Well, it was. <laughs> So you're thinking, well, I can see from her point of view why she would say it wasn't. But him as well, just like leading up to that scene where he walks in and he's just eyeballing them. Yeah. And just kind of walking back and forth. Like it's 
there there are some good moments in this film and that's you know it for me it's quite it, it's a fairly mild definitely not shit yeah, but, I'm, 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 I'm a mild definite shit. Partially because of Will Ferrell trying to cut his ribs like it's a steak. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. For ages, and then puts in the smallest piece of, uh, <laughs> of meat into his mouth that you can get. What's he, what's he trying to do with his ribs? He's trying to cut them because he's he's pissed. And I, I, he, he clearly thinks he's got a steak. So he's trying to cut it like it's a stick. But it's like he's he's trying to like keep it together and not kind of pass off the fact that he's wasted. Yeah. So he he's kind he, he he's just like really conservatively cutting these ribs. And then just kind of it, looks, it, yeah. yeah, just looks at the rest of his family and just kind of tries to eat the the, the small little morsel of meat that's on his on his fork. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a good bit of physical comedy that actually. Um yeah, it, yeah, but like it's definitely not shit, but it's it doesn't feel like what it probably could have been. No, it, it feels like they had a good idea, wrote it down, then when actually started making it when. Well, then isn't it technically touching coffee? This might not be a good idea. No, because I, well, I, the reason why I'm going for definitely not shit is because I actually enjoyed my time with it. Yeah. Uh, because everybody who's in it's really good, and there's really good moments within it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, like, like I say, it's like it, it is just a mile, definitely not shit. I, I enjoyed my time with it enough, um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see Force Majeure. I will at some point. Mm. But, but it's stuff like it, 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 it tries to do stuff. It, it's clearly trying to say that Will Ferrell's character it has has been confronted with the fact that he's going to die at some point. Um, and that he's because he's it, it, the whole thing is the reason why they're going skiing is because he, he, his father has passed away recently. So it's him confronting his mortality. And he, he's he, he's he's clearly not happy with the fact that he's not done as much as he'd like to in his life. But it never quite explores that enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, Mark, Becky, what else have you guys been watching this week? The only other one we've watched together is... What have you watched separately? Um, I have watched a couple separately. Oh. I watched Burning, finally. Burning? Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. What do you think? Fucking magnificent. Oh, yes, mate. I, I, I want to re-watch it right now about five times just to kind of take as much in as I possibly can. Um, oh. I, I, I really, really loved it. It's 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 pacing it's um the, the story's fantastic the fact that it's it's very ambiguous and i i really like norwegian wood when i watched it and to see another murakami adaptation is just it's it's kind of cemented it as kind of shit i need to read this guy's books but yeah i really really loved it I didn't, I didn't realise, yeah, Norwegian Wood's great, and now you say that, yeah, they're yeah. very odd piece, aren't they? They are, yeah, just the lazy pacing and the character development, and yeah. it's not, neither of them are so much about the story or what actually happens, it's about how what minimal things happen affect the people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I absolutely loved it, and like I say, I want to, I want to rewatch it and rewatch Norwegian Wood and read all his books and just delve into that kind of 
thing. <laughs> oh, I'm really glad you liked it. I mean, Stephen Ewan as well. Like, yeah, he's really good as Ben, isn't he? Yeah, like properly, like kind of seductive, but you, there's something not right. Creepy, but not like overtly bad. Yeah. Like, what can you see him do is, is bad. Like, he talks about this bad thing that he does, but you never see him do it. Yeah. There's never really any evidence that he does it. But then he's got the cat, and the cat responds to the cat's name, and um, he's got a watch, and it's like you're left to kind of decide what... Well, not even decide, but just to kind of mull over what the fuck has gone on here. Like, really, you're kind of thinking, well, clearly he's like... Like, has he killed her? Or has she just gone missing and he's adopted her cat and she'd stayed over at his house and left her watch there? You, you never really know at the end of it what's gone on, do you? No, absolutely. Uh, I'm very, I'm very, very glad one of you has finally watched it. That's great. Matt, I watch reading movies. Fuck you. I can't read. I mean, that's true. But um, <laughs> I, also... I, I didn't even know you'd watched this, to be honest. Well, so... I've been asking you to watch it with me for ages. I don't think you have. I have. I'm just going to rewatch. What's it as long? Well? Um, God, 2049. Because you won't watch it with me either. Um, I also watched The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Nice. Because Rebecca de Mornay walked so that Osmond Pike could run. Mm. That She's a crazy fucking bitch in, in Hand That Rocks the Cradle. <laughs> I, I I love this movie and I have done since I first watched it. I've I watched it quite young and I've I've returned to it like every couple of years since. It's I've, it's such a good psychological thriller. Oh, I don't watch it with you. Why are you kicking me? No, because no one's saying anything. I I, I I honestly can't remember how I watched the thriller. So basically, um. This lady's pregnant and she goes to a gynecologist and the gynecologist is a bit creepy. Is, and is like, that one where it ends up getting blamed on the... What's his name? Solomon. Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did actually. I quite like that one I watched it. Yeah. But it was, it was about five, six years ago I watched it. So she gets a touchy-feely gynecologist. Basically, she she whistleblows on him for being touchy-feely and then loads of other women come out and say, yeah, he's super creepy and then he kills himself and Rebecca de Mornay is his wife. She, because of the stress of the situation, loses her baby and then sets herself up in their family as their nanny and he's, like, breastfeeding the kids so that he doesn't want the mum's actual milk and, like, turning the daughter against her. It's, it's just so, like, so much insidious shit going on in that film. Nice. It's good. Nice. Uh, we also rewatched uh, John Wick three. Cosmin. Um. Dog food. That fucking film is a hell of a thing. <laughs> it really oh, is yeah. a fucking hell of a fucking thing. Um, I liked it at first watch. I, it, it, it's just wow. Yeah. The fucking world building, the the action, the opening section of that movie is something else. It's just. The fact that it that it has the confidence in number three to go right, we're gonna make a really fucking great movie that is that is going to be like an action epic and take it to a new level. But at the same time, we're actually gonna manage to to build number four without you fucking noticing <laughs> as well. Is is just incredible. Um, it is 
phenomenally good. I want to know that specific bit on a horse that he pokes that makes him kick. John Wick knows it. John Wick knows it. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it, it is... The, the, the amount of horse murders in this movie, I, I, I'd say it's up there. It is, but he's literally... He can turn anything into a weapon. Yeah. Um, and we watched the uh, Bob Balaban movie Parents. Yeah, this is a weird one. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know you guys seen this. No, I can't say I have. No. Uh, so it's a Bob Balaban um, directed movie. Um, and, ow, I've just spilled water. Oh, oh, I've just spilled no. water, Rebecca. Water everywhere, man. Um, so it stars Randy, Randy Quaid uh, and Mary Beth Hurt as the parents of a, a, a kid and they move to a new um, town in Massachusetts. Um, and everything seems a bit weird with them and the kid's a little bit odd, but they seem like the perfect sort of couple, essentially, yeah. Um, and but, but the kid seems like the one who's a little bit weird. But it turns out that they're cannibals. <laughs> and and, and he, he's trying to not eat the meat because he's knows there's something weird with it. Um, it's a very odd movie. It's a really odd movie. Um, I can't recommend it, but it's a curiosity. It's definitely a curiosity, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't recommend it to a normal person. No. But, well, you guys, it's fine. Yeah, but it's 80 right, minutes right. long, and it's, it, it, it's, 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 a, it's a very odd movie. Yeah. I did dig it, but it, 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 it just... Who plays the therapist? Uh, Sandy Daniels. She Sandy Dennis. Yes, her as well. She she's good as a therapist. Yeah, the therapist who literally just keeps smoking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's only eighty minutes long, so it's definitely worth it. It, it, it would be worth your time to just sort of see just how odd a movie this is. Mm. Like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it to a normal, but. For this one that's intrigued by stuff. Yeah. It's, it, it's funny, though, isn't it? It's fun. It's really odd. Yeah, it's really odd. It's like people in the stairs. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Which I love, so. Okay. Nice. That kind of that kind of vibe. What are you watching here? Uh, a couple, yeah, I've got a couple of things. Um, so, yeah, I actually really watched Upgrade before um, before the Invisible Man upgrade is great. Um, watched uh, Mulan, um, the original uh, the Disney cartoon. Uh, yeah, enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the remake. Um, to be honest, like the kind of the more cartoony elements were the, the bits I didn't quite like get on with as much. Like I don't think there's going to be an Eddie Murphy voiced talking dragon in the live action remake. <laughs> and um, yeah, like I, I'm I'm okay with that in all honesty. Um, but yeah, uh, I I enjoyed Mulan. Um, actually, I'm, you know I've been watching some Bond films and whatnot. But obviously that's uh, for the patrons. Uh, I watched uh, Color Out of Space. Um, the new Richard Stanley directed film. Uh, Richard Stanley's first directorial effort in literally decades. Um, because he's finally got someone who's willing to make what he wants to make uh, by, by the sound of it. So um, this is uh, produced by uh, Elijah Wood's uh, company, Spectre Vision, who did Mandy as well. 
um and it's the first of a proposed trilogy of uh, lovecraft adaptations that stanley's got in mind and um yeah i'm i'm up for seeing more um i don't think i'll ever watch color out of space again because it's fucking rank um what do you mean like it's like gross um but in not all the way through or anything like it's actually quite a slow burn um but there's the fate of a couple of characters is just fucking horrifying um and there are scenes where you hear them in the background and it's just it's really rough um yeah it like it if stanley went full tilt with that kind of stuff the frankly it might be unwatchable uh but it's impressive like it's very the thing in its body horror at times all right um but nicholas cage you know he plays an alpaca farmer so that's already a little bit left of center isn't it um and that's before everything starts going mad so essentially um a meteor uh a meteorite hits uh just outside uh nicholas cage and jolie richardson's um farmhouse um it's kind of glowing purple um and shit starts going weird in the area weird neon colored fauna starts appearing um and the family kind of start exhibiting slight personality changes and it 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 goes from there basically um but like nicholas cage's personality change is is um summed up by he goes off on tirades where it sounds like he's doing a donald trump impression um which is quite entertaining uh it's it's an odd film i could see how people who click with it would like basically say it's the best like horror film of in years or something like that i i liked it you know i think it's a (coughs) sorry excuse me i think it's a solid four out of five um it's really really worth a watch um but i am quite squeamish with the body horror type stuff and these two characters in particular what happens to them hell of a fucking thing like it, it it's wow uh i hope i'm not building it up too much there but yeah color out of space you need to be in the right frame of mind for it it's a bit batshit it's a bit gonzo but it's all also weirdly a slow burn but it, it works so you say it's the same guy that did monday no 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 uh, sorry forgive me so it's produced by the same production company so richard stanley he directed um a couple of kind of like cult films in the in the 90s hardware and dust devil you like we like both um and but then like basically he worked for like three days directing the island of dr moreau and then got fired but then hung around on set and somehow snuck into the film as an extra um like it's mental there's a documentary that came out a few years back i want to say it's called lost soul about all of that which is really interesting um but he's just this really fucking idiosyncratic filmmaker and he's a 
bizarre guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he really is, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he feels fully sincere. Um, and you, you get that with this film. And it's not so out there that it's like, yeah, okay, that's why he hasn't made a film in 25 years. But at the same time, it does feel like he his work is maybe more of now or the 80s than it is the 90s. It it, it feels more appropriate now, weirdly. Um, but yeah, I, I think you guys would dig it. Um, it's on iTunes to rent now um, and it's got like a really limited theatrical release. But yeah, it's um, it's a good time if you're so inclined. Yeah, I was, I, I was hovering over it the other day. Yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd, I'd be intrigued to see your thoughts. Um, OK, so Twitter questions. What have we got? Uh, we do have a couple. Um, Rick Kidd, at Rick J. Kidd. Um, do you think the success of Parasite will result in less English language remakes of foreign films? And have there been any English language remake that has stood up to the original? Um, I don't know about more like less foreign language films being made into English language films. I think that that will always happen because even though yes, Parasite's been a big hit, it's been a big hit for a foreign language film. Um, not not like a, a, a real no, sorry, that's, that's a terrible term, but not like a normal release. The only film that I can really think of modern wise that's been I think it's been better than the original is probably the go with the dragon tattoo. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. That's one that first kept my mind on that. Um, yeah, well, you're taking a good story and you're giving it to a bit, well, one of the best directors working today. So it's gonna, it's gonna come out a little bit more polished. Mm. Um, I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I would say about Parasite. I mean, the 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 money it's made has been incredible, actually. Mm. I don't think we need English language remakes of of foreign movies to pander. Like you look at things like Grudge and things like that with Sarah but, Michelle Gellar and the Ring remakes. Like they're always crap. The, the ones that tend to work are the ones that aren't done that aren't done to go to go right. We're going to take this story and we're, we're, we're going to remake it so a, a, a English language speaking audience can watch it. Mm. Um, it's done to do something different. It's different. Yeah. So I mean, the ones that always flash to my mind with this are that you said, John. There, uh, Good Dragon Tattoo, um, and you, Departed. You, you, yeah, the Departed definitely. Funny games for me. That's an interesting one because Hanukkah remade it himself, didn't mm. he? But yeah, but he, he, but, he, but he, he, he remade it word for word. Mm. But it's that when it's sticking to its original kind of. Thing, and it's the same people I, I can get on board with that mm. dragon tattoo is it's 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 very good it's not a direct direct adaptation of the book though no but it's it's a fairly straight adaptation of the original film though isn't it yeah i'm pretty sure it is yeah Mm. Certain things that have been changed. I think I think what's disappointing about Girl with Dragon Tattoo is that he never went right. Okay, this has been good, and I've done this. Let's do the next two. If you'd done the trilogy, 
I think that it would have absolutely blown the Swedish trilogy of movies out of the water. He was never going to do this trilogy. But then he shouldn't have started it. I, I think I, I, I think he was going to. It just didn't make money. Yeah. Like, that was a very expensive film, which just didn't do an awful lot. I'm intrigued now, actually. I want to look up its box office. Um, I was I, I was thinking The Departed, by the way. Like, if... Um, Dodo's box office was 232 million off a 90 budget. Yeah, the scope of the sequel. So that's that's the thing. It's like it it probably just about washed its face. Like the, because the the marketing budget on that that fucker was hefty. Like it was pretty all over the place. Um, and you know, I mean, like, but then we got the girl with in the spider's web, which was just very meh did, did you guys get around to seeing that yet no i've still not watched it no no but spider yeah. isn't even part of the original trilogy it's based off of not even the same writers sequel that yeah. he wrote after he died after steve larson had died yeah. yeah i mean i remember the the second film in that in the Swedish trilogy not being great and the third one being decent but 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 the first one was always good but i just think the the, the feature remake just it just adds a lot more, a, a bit, bit more of a sinister value to it. Mm. And, and obviously, you, you, get, you get what you're given as well because you've got, you've got Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's score as well, which adds a hell of a lot to the mood of that piece. Oh yeah, and I'm not, I'm not diminishing it. The, the, the girl with Dragon Tattoo is, is fantastic. It's just, I'd, I'd have loved to have seen what Fincher and Daniel Craig and the various people involved could have done with the other two books. The other two books are very good. And I'd have liked to have seen a, a trilogy of movies that actually kind of represent that better. Yeah. Um, but we're talking, it's even like, if you want to go back to the um, sort of remakes, but sort of unofficial remakes, it's like A Fistful of Dollars is basically your Jimbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a really good strong Star, yeah. Star Wars is basically the hidden fortress. fortress. Yeah. Yeah. Last Man Standing, which contains the brilliance of Knife Apple, is basically a remake of <laughs> A Fistful of Dollars slash your Jimbo. Plus Knife Apple in. Plus Knife Apple in. Cause Bug Life is Seven Samurai. You and your Knife Apple. Life appling is, is the way to go, it Ian. It establishes apple. you as an alpha in the world. Yeah. Okay. It's also not as good as the original, but very good in its own right, because I think it, it deals with different things. But Solaris? I'm a big fan of Soderbergh Solaris. Mm. I think I'd shout that. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Jones. Uh, it's 3020. The world is in tatters and humans are fighting aliens. What's the cultural touchstone of the noughties that lasted, uh, that they discuss and unite over? Jackass. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Jackass talk today, actually, I've noticed on Twitter. Hmm. But yeah, Jackass is a strong shout. Well, they're doing a fourth one, aren't they? Yeah. Are they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's oh. out later on this year. I, I remember actually tearing up at Jackass 3, like the, the, that final montage... <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love yeah. those films. I, I, Jack Asprey has got some of the best use of 3D that there was in that in that um spate. Like I, I'm very very up for a Jackass 4. Like just the fact that with Jackass 3, apparently they um 
was it Steve-O was like sober and they all decided to go sober for the duration of, of making Jackass free. And that's the one where they all look very nervous before doing the stunts. <laughs> yeah. Whereas beforehand, they're just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. Saying that Bam Margera is actually turning up in a random bar in my hometown. Really? Yeah. In Whitehaven. <laughs> Wow. Just go to, they must have just sort of seen if seen if they can get him. It must have been cheap, and yeah, he's he's doing an appearance. <laughs> it's just so random, but the guy must need the money. But I think Ryan Dunn's death really hit Bam Margera quite hard. So it'll be interesting to see what he's like if he are doing a fourth. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So so Ian's gone for Jack aspects. What's yours? Cultural touchstone of the night of the nineties. The noise, the noise, the noise, the 90s, 90s, the musical thing. Oh, I thought it was a noise, just music, yeah. That has to be film, what a film podcast. Mm. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the movies of Polly Shaw. Mm. What, really? Yeah, I am gonna say the movies of Polly Shaw. I'm telling you, 1990s. Um, I don't know, cool. John Dangerfield, uh, question for all. Uh, which film or films do you like but your partners hate and vice versa? Has this ever led to an argument? <laughs> Becky's putting her hand up. No, I've got one. No, for the other one. What? The Matrix and the structural paranoia that it... it put into people's heads. Don't, 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 don't start telling anyone we'll, we'll what is it. We'll take the aliens <laughs> down by saying, oh God, so are you sure you're really here? Or do you think maybe you're just part of the Matrix? The Matrix. I'm going with that. Fair enough. Is that we any, any of us really here? Or is it just electrical stimuli in our pods? Just like making us think we are. Oh, we're we're going to be getting onto that fucking topic of conversation we were talking about on the Patreon a couple of weeks back. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say I watched Reanimator and Donna was in the room, um, and was enjoying it, and that led to a bit of a what the fuck is wrong with you. Um, and that was quite early on in our relationship as well, actually. Um, um, weirds me out that like that the first film I took Donna to see was Wolf Creek. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell! Oh, oh god, that's a baptism of fire. <laughs> like, yeah, that's. Uh, I just remembered that. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Um, yeah, no, and I mean, like, with, with her, it's basically anything that stars Reese Witherspoon. Like, nah. Unless it's wild. God. See, for me and Lauren, it's... Lauren cannot watch horror films. Refuses to watch horror films. Um, so, therefore... I with ones that are a bit more like... Honestly, she, she 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 can't do zombies either. We went to see a triple bill of um, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and um, what's the third one in that? World's, World's End. And generally, that was the first real time she's watched a zombie movie, and she still she gets creeped out with with zombies. And she 
she has a weird fight fight or flight mode with horror films where she she just pictures herself within the situation <laughs> it, it doesn't go down well with her but the only other re- time i can remember is she's she's pretty all right i mean we watched goddamn dogtooth a few weeks ago for the podcast and she dealt with dogtooth pretty well but um we were doing an episode on I think we would like winter films or films that make you feel cold, and I chose um, Inside Lewin Davis, which wonderful winter New York film. Now, a bit of backstory: we have a cat. Lauren is a very big cat person, and um, we have a cat that lives indoors, um, that doesn't go out, anything like that. And he's me thinking. The cat's quite nice inside Lewin Davies, but the fact that it escapes and it's on the New York streets, her anxiety went through the roof. Mm. Then when Lewin Davies then hits a cat with a car in the film, the film had to go off and we didn't finish watching it. Yeah. <laughs> because oh, it was it was hilarious and traumatic. But yeah, it's anything with any injury to cats, although Doctor does have injury, injury to cats, but I just told her to cover her eyes through that part. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, I get that. I don't like I don't like films with animals getting injured. I've never seen Braveheart all the way through because too many horses die at the start. <laughs> but yeah, horror films, horror films not do not get watched um, in the same room as Lauren. Fair enough. Oh, she's missing out. Our, uh, our main disagreement probably is that you like Holly Shaw movies and I like good movies. But our main disagreement... There's two. Two main disagreements. Um, the main disagreement <laughs> that I would think of would be Casualties of War. Yeah. Where I didn't speak to you for like... A week. A week. Show me it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is a great movie, though. It's fucking traumatic, though. Yeah, I'm not ready for it. You love it now. I love it now. Oh, do, 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 do you remember the, the, the telling off you gave me at, uh, for what showing you Carlito's way Carly when he died Carly. at the end? Yeah. And you went ballistic at me. Why would you show me this? Yeah. Why would they make a movie where all he wants to do is just get away and in the end he, he fucking dies? <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you for that two and a half hours of fucking misery, I think <laughs> was what you said. And that was very early in our relationship, wasn't it, as well? It was, yeah, but I did not speak to you for like a week after. No, you did not speak to you, like, you had a right go at me about it. Casualties of War properly fucking traumatised me. Yeah. Now I really like it. <laughs> yeah. I think it probably sparked my love of Vietnam movies. Probably did, yeah. yeah. Um, fucking twat. What about, you? What was that? there must have been one that you liked that I've hated. There's lots of shit that I like that you hate. Yeah, yeah. I actively fucking hated. I don't know. There's probably one out there. Your little brain. Your little tiny brain. That's, it's difficult. I know. It's fucking difficult. I mean, even looking at it, I can't even see inside your skull, but it looks tired. The monkey is just clapping those fucking symbols like a motherfucker right now. Well, that's the one you hate. Um, that make you watch. Because I, do, I, just, I just refuse blankly to watch them. Yeah, you do do that. I can't think. I can't think of anything now. Mm. There's some though, isn't there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that was anticlimactic. Um, okay, coming up next week, um, Blumhouse's Fantasy Island. Ooh. Didn't know that existed until I saw a trailer for it before The Invisible Man. 
Oh, let's go. I, I, I'm well up for it. Yeah, it looks really good, actually. I'm quite keen for this. Yes. It, it's directed by Jeff Wadlow, who last brought us Blumhouse's True for <laughs> Dare. So, um, like... Uh, uh, hence the casting. I get it. Yeah, uh, yes. I will take some fucking shonky, silly horror with Michael Pena as a malevolent, like, host any fucking day of the week yeah <laughs> like yeah very... michael pena in is pretty much me going yeah watching it yeah yeah i mean i like i'm i'm fascinated so yeah we will we will be talking fantasy island next week um i think that's the only big release because onwards like the big release of the week but obviously we we talked about it this week um so yeah oh yeah okay i can totally catch up with dark waters yeah yeah okay great shout yeah yeah good okay um fantasy island then yeah so uh so dark waters and fantasy island okay cool yeah nice um also actually uh we were talking about this on the uh the whatsapp yesterday um we're gonna be changing up the what patrons get to pick for the show um so what we're going to do is the commentaries and uh, not commentaries, the reviews that are left in the list. We are going to do them all at some point. And then we are going to let patrons pick a, essentially um, some marathons uh, where we're going to come up with an idea each. So Mark, Becky and myself, and then we will put it up to the patrons to vote on the idea. Um, and then we shall do some marathons. So, for instance, my option for the first one is uh, men doing their jobs really fucking well. The films of Michael Mann. Nice. I'll, I'll come up with one and you're going to come up with one. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so we'll put... Like when we did the jump Okay. But not the jump uh, I, I feel like it would be fun to party and to watch the films of Asti Jordan. <laughs> well, no, there, there, you, there you go. So, like, feel free to put that in as an option and we'll have the patrons vote. <laughs> I think it would be fun to make him watch that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, so we will, um, all the, the films that are left um, to pick for review, we will do them, though, because fair play, the, pa- the, the patrons have... Um, submitted stuff so um yeah and uh because i know jordan's investigation of a citizen above suspicion hasn't been reviewed yet so uh, it hasn't amongst others um so thank you very much to jordan for joining us listen to his film her movie available on all good podcast providers and some rubbish ones and some rubbish ones <laughs> uh, thank you to mark thank you to becky Thank you very much, you. Thanks. Bye. Uh, yes, indeed. Thank you for listening, and we'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Later.
podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.